The following podcast contains spoilers and words such as done and bother. Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Billy, my main village man. <laughs> it's good to be here. Oh, how you doing, mate? I'll try I'll try not to throw off your groove. <laughs> Beware the groove. <laughs> how you been, mate? Oh, as good as a semi-mature emperor ripping <laughs> off peasants. That's how good I've been. Can life get any better in a week where you get to watch The Emperor's New Groove? <laughs> That's it. It's not like you ever need an excuse <laughs> to get the groove on. Um, but this week, at the request of one of our dear patrons, um, whose requests his- history has shown, <laughs> they've been all over the shop. Sometimes they give us something that they love that we think will be interesting. Sometimes they give us something that they think is terrible and they want to hear us crap on it. Sometimes they give us something that they love, but I think it's something that they think is terrible <laughs> and I just crap on it because I think it's terrible. Um, this time around, one of our dear patrons has gone just pure joy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, at least anyway, probably one of the most joyful films there is. <laughs> I think there is zero debate about that fact. <laughs> Um, can you have more fun watching a movie than The Emperor's New Groove? I don't know. Tommy Boy. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we get into it then, mate? I would love to. Okay. The Emperor's New Groove is a 2000 American animated buddy comedy film produced by Walt Disney Feature Animation. It's the 40th animated Walt Disney film and it's directed by Mark Dindle from a screenplay by David Reynolds and a story by Chris Williams and Dindle. And it stars, of course, David Spade, John Goodman, Eartha Kitt, Patrick Warburton and Wendy Malick. What is it about, mate? It's it's about personal growth and llamas, Billy. <laughs> Yay, I'm a llama again. <laughs> Sometimes personal growth comes from being a llama. That's true. It's a... It's a Coming of age buddy story, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it got Sting an Oscar nomination <laughs> for a dreadful song. <laughs> Just the worst. We're gonna get. We're gonna get to it later. We. Oh, I mean, we can do it now, or we can do it later. Oh, not fast. Let's do it later. Let's leave it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's leave that as a little cherry for the audience to get excited about later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So weirdly, a, a very weirdly big film. For my friends and I, given that when this film came out, we were too old for it. Yeah. Like, like clearly, we were no longer at the going to watch animated films by Disney age, but we were also not old enough. Like, not, we didn't have, we also didn't have kids. We weren't watching these films. And through sheer luck, two of my friends went to the movies one day, didn't check what was on. Um, went with no plan, just rolled up to the movies. I was like, okay, what's what's on at a at a time that works for us? The only thing that worked for them was the Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, fuck. Well, we're here. I guess we look like a couple of psychopaths <laughs> and just go into a kid's movie without kids, expecting to have a terrible time. And came out that day messaging all the rest of us going- we're not having a lender view. This is quite serious. Everyone needs to watch this film. Yeah. And it became this weirdly big film for this. Like, like the amount of times I've watched this film just absolutely bombed out of my mind, just hammered because we would go out 
either like we'd go to a pub or it might be a house party or something, we'd get absolutely fucked up. And at about 2 a.m., someone would be like, hey, let's put Emperor's new groove on. <laughs> this chorus of fuck, yeah. Maybe my fondest memory of watching this movie and without question the most important time I watched this film was <laughs> me and two of my friends watched it in a bit of a state. We just- been to the movies and seen 13 Ghosts. Oh, wow. <laughs> and do you remember the ghost called the Jackal from that film? I remember very little of that film, but my memory tells me that that's probably for the best. <laughs> one of the ghosts- Yeah, not a good film, but one of the ghosts in that film- There's 12 other ones, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> one, one of them is called the Jackal, and the Jackal fucking- terrified me just i was not okay with the jackal not in any way shape or form and two of my friends and i were driving home from the theater and i was like because i was just like freaked out by the jackal i was like i'm gonna go home and watch the emperor's new groove to make myself feel better <laughs> and my two friends were like we're coming with you <laughs> Oh, man. The amount of times I've, like, continuously woken up, still half drunk, not quite hungover yet kind of state just throughout the night because the, the DVD menu yes. was just just goes on, on a spin <laughs> and it kind of half wakes me up and I'm like, I can't reach the 40 centimetres to the remote. I'll just try and go back to sleep to that little thing of Cusco dancing <laughs> just so many times. <laughs> And that's so. How did you come to this film? Well, that's so similar to me. I was going to say because I was, you're a full five years older than me, and and even I was slightly too old, you know, to be seeing this kind of film when it came out. But exact same situation. I had a group of friends, and I reckon from '97 till 2002, we went to the movies every single weekend. And same kind of thing. Just whatever is on, you watch. And sometimes you got absolute gold. Sometimes it was crap. We ended up seeing this. I don't remember how it came about. All of us loved it. <laughs> like, it is just so much fun. And it's one of the only Disney movies I can think of that's not a musical, which I think I'm actually a fan of Disney music, but it really, I think music really would have slowed this film down. This is a fast paced film. This is, this moves at breakneck speed. <laughs> It does. The other night when I when I watched it in preparation for this episode, um, yeah, there was an evening where I was like, oh, I probably don't really have time to squeeze in a movie and then checked the runtime of The Groove. It was like, oh, yeah, I can absolutely squeeze in The Groove. It, this thing belts along. Absolutely. I, I really love this. And I guess we'll get into this later. It had a very, very troubled production, which we'll get into <laughs> yeah. soon. It's amazing what they- came out with in the end almost a completely different story from the original premise um and for you know like when i was studying animation one of the things they really drill into you is like you're not just you're not just doing animation for no reason like an animated film should be animated for a purpose because it's telling a story that you can't quite tell with live action this is one of the few disney movies that i think really hits that brief you know like there are a lot 
and we've seen it lately with all the live action remakes and yes cgi has evolved you know and i guess yeah maybe they could do a live action version of this but this is essentially a slapstick comedy and it relies so heavily on these absurd surreal fantastical elements that just make it so much fun <laughs> yeah it's great it's like it never quite forgets that it's an animated film just every so often it, it'll throw in something that someone who has never directed animation so let's 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 take me yeah people i've directed in my life on like any kind of video production i'm talking very low level stuff here like hey could you just stand over there and <laughs> make your eyeline here yeah. like that kind of yeah. thing like it's not going to occur to me to all right look when we're doing this transition into a scene the thing's just going to cut to black and white for like three seconds and have them silhouetted against black. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to occur to me to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and this film is just littered with moments like that of just using the medium incredibly well. Absolutely. And moments that just just would not work in a live action film. The, the brilliant chase scene in the end where you have it, you know, drawn on the map when- <laughs> Kronk pulls out the wings on the carrier thing and then they get hit by lightning and he falls down. And then one of my favourite lines in the film, how did how did they get here before us? Well, by, by all accounts, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. sense. <laughs> Just, you know, like a joke like that would not land in live action because it's so absurd and silly. And nor does it land in most Disney films. True, yeah. This film, like in in. A- you look at a Disney catalogue of films and this film is weird. It's absolutely bizarre. Can we start, I think, before we get into like the history and stuff, can can we start with the cast? Now, this is not the first Spade film we've watched because famously I have made you watch Tommy Boy. And if my day comes back around, I'll, I'll damn well get you to watch Joe Dirt, my friend. <laughs> um. I'm trying. The people's mullet. <laughs> I'm trying to recall uh, your thoughts on the Spade. Who I, I I love David Spade. I think that he is a brilliant comedic actor. I've read his autobiography. I think he's just a very funny person in general. From memory, you don't like David Spade. Is that correct? Oh, I thought he was the best thing about Tommy Boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And granted, that's not saying a lot. Um, <laughs> But no, I, I, I'm kind of here for David Spade's dry, sarcastic thing. It, it works for me. Did you ever watch Just Shoot Me? Back when it was on, we used to watch that pretty regularly. Yeah, I was a religious viewer and I've actually rewatched the show several times. Um, so it's it's funny the connection with Wendy Malick in this film as well. Because when I hear yeah, her yeah. voice, all I think is Nina Van Horn. <laughs> um, but I- Honestly, I think that this pairing of Spade and Goodman, I think for me, it tops Alan and Hanks in Toy Story. I think this has to be some of the best buddy casting I can think of. All right. Not that we not that we want this to happen. If this film was being remade today, live action or not, how do you cast this? There's no way to top oh. that original cast. No. I- you, Oh, I suppose you probably get, what's the Spider-Man kid? Tom Holland, is he Kuzco? Yeah, he would be. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know who'd be Pacha? The Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he would be. He would. With Dave Bautista as Kronk. (laughs) Dave. 
Jesse Plemons as Kronk. Oh, Je- oh, I mean, the Plemons could do anything, couldn't he? I mean, he's- Oh, it'd be a completely different character to Warburton, but I I mean, I'd, I'd pay to see it. Just like half, only half channeling his character from Game Night, <laughs> but just that, you know, kind of vacant eyed yep. thing. Yeah, I could see that. I could see the Plemons. <laughs> I don't know who Yzma, I don't know who else you get to be Yzma. No, no. Ooh. I mean, I would have, oh, yeah, that's sad. I would have said Jessica Walters. Well, yeah, that would have been spot on. Glenn Close? Yeah. Just kind of channel a bit of Cruella gear. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it wouldn't top the original. This is- It's- It is one of the all-time great voice casts. And, like, it's a pretty small cast, really. I mean, you got Tom Jones whooping around there a bit. <laughs> Mate, fun, fun fact, because you know that originally this this was a musical. It was an epic musical with all the songs written by Sting, a la what Elton John did for The Lion King. And in the end, when, you know, they, they shifted gear, they dropped all of his songs and just said, just write an opening song and an, and an outro song. And uh, they wanted him to perform that song at the start. And he said, no. That would have sucked. He said, I'm too old. I'm too old. You need someone young and hip. So they got Tom <laughs> Jones, who's 11 years older than him. <laughs> and you know, you know, one of my favorite things that I actually never, ever noticed before this viewing, that entire opening dance number. Just about everybody is out of time really badly. All of the dancers are out of time with each other. Even when they're tapping and you can hear it, there's like a bunch of taps going on at once. And it's that small attention to detail that I really love because it's like, yeah, these people aren't trained dancers. They're his guards that he's just making do this dance number for him. And I actually really love that touch. That really speaks to the I, the, the production of this film, which is just unlike- other Disney films where yeah. this film was basically shelved and it was like, okay, look, I guess guys just, I guess make the film. We Like, we don't care. Just go down to the basement and make this film. Yeah. And it's stuff like that that it, it does feel like a bunch of adults amusing themselves, yes. this movie. Yeah. And like, if, yeah, sure, kids are going to like it because it's an animated film and kids are going to like it. And there's a talking llama and stuff. Like, yeah, that's fun. But so much of the film is just just feels like these people who were like kept looking over their shoulder to see if the mouse was looking and the yeah. mouse wasn't looking. Yeah. And it was like, sweet, we can just do this. It's a real shame that this movie didn't perform as well as it did because you can clearly see the link between this and more modern animated films. Like, you know, you think of Lord and Miller. And if this film had performed better, we might not have had that, you know, 20-year gap before that style of film came back again. Like, because it took a long time after this. You know, you think, so this was supposed to be a big epic musical like Disney were doing at the time. And then it was after both Pocahontas and, and Hunchback of Notre Dame were massive flops that they said, no, we can't do this again. This is just not going to work. People just don't want this. And so originally they bought in- Dindol as like an assistant director to just kind of try make it a bit funnier. But he, him and Roger Allers, who had directed The Lion King and was set to direct this, had such disagreements about the tone that Allers just stepped out. Um, but this 
This could have been such a strange film if they had gone with that weird combination of this style of comedy with an epic musical. From so early on in this film, it's just like if like if you go into this blind, you're just like, okay, I I'm just gonna watch the new Disney animated film and you don't know what this film is. Then from so early on, like I mean the very first shot with the quivering lip of the llama in this like comically over the top kind of way, it just isn't quite normal Disney. Yes. And then you've got Kuzco like as as that opening number is starting, he like points to and references theme song guy. And it's like, yeah, this isn't quite normal. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I think it, it does speak like like with that line with theme song guy, it kind of point you towards this kind of self-awareness that the movie has about the fact that it is an animated film. Yes. And then like you said, yes, now we do get more of that. And yeah, as and again, as you said, would would have sped up the that process of getting more self-aware animation if this thing hadn't- And because they didn't know how to mark- Like, Disney didn't know what to do with this thing. No. How do, how do you advertise this film? Yeah, we're like, we don't know how to market it. We're, this is, we, don't, this, we don't know what this thing is. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, you know, because it's, it's not really for little kids because there is so much humour in it that they just- don't get. So when we rewatched it this time, because my eldest is now nearly seven, um, and my youngest is nearly three, and she's you know she's too young. Like she she was just wanting to fucking throw popcorn around and shit. Um, but we were hoping my eldest might get a real kick out of it. She didn't really enjoy this as much as I was hoping. I, I guess so much of the humor is well above her level. You know, like there's the odd thing she laughs at that's just you know like silly. Because even just in your in your usual dialogue with things like, you know, referencing because, you know, they are the government referencing things like change of address forms or yeah. Yzma saying or to save on postage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, what is this stuff doing here? For, yeah. For a five for a five year old. What does that mean? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, like every Disney film has those moments that are, you know, jokes for the adults. Uh, but this definitely has more than your ordinary film. So this film comes out before or after Joe Dirt. They're pretty close, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, that was the Spade era. I mean, he was- Because Just Shoot Me was on at the time this came out. From memory, that ran from, I want to say, 97 to 03. And it was he was he was actually still the main voice cast in the original version of what this film was going to be. Him and Eartha Kitt were the only two who had remained on. Uh, the peasant was supposed to be voiced by Owen Wilson. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so, this must have been just before Joe Dirt, I want to say. I feel like Joe Dirt was more 2001, 2002. Okay, this was 2000. Joe Dirt was 2001. That kind of bums me out because I was hoping that- it was a nod to Joe Dirt, the fact that the llama, when when he is a llama, he basically has a mullet. <laughs> and it would have been fantastic if that was actually just winking at Joe Dirt. <laughs> or maybe, maybe Joe Dirt is winking at this film. Another cool thing, just getting back to the animation on this film, which is, I think, sneakily very good. Because it's like, we are, we are into the digital age of animation at this point, although it's- Sure, sure. In, in terms of quality, and it, it's nowhere near where it is now. How many years after Toy Story are we? Six years at this point. 
like it's it's around. Yeah. Um, this film surface level looks very basic it, by comparison. They don't do a lot in terms of trying to kind of render people's faces to make them look 3D or anything. It's that it is that very it's very 2D. Yeah. And yet in so many scenes there is this kind of really cool drop off in the lighting of a scene from yeah. what's happening with the characters to the background and not only the the brightness of the image how they change that up within the frame but then changing the color as well of a background and it's like there's overt times where it's happening in rainforests and that kind of thing but even in interiors um there's a hell of a lot of care given yeah to the entire frame and it was a it was a quick animation process really because while the film had been in production since 1994 most of that was the original um you know, and I believe they had animated like 15% or something of that. But it was completely different. The lead designer for Yzma left the production when they changed it because he was like, well, my designs just don't match this new character. So, actual animation on this film, I believe, didn't start until like midway into 99, which you're talking like, you know, a 12 to 18 month turnaround. Like, that is fairly quick. We haven't talked a lot about plot with this film because I'm assuming everyone's watched it. If you haven't, I, I don't know what I'm saying. What's wrong with you? If you What's haven't seen you? this, turn us off and go watch The Groove. <laughs> yeah, twice. Um, <laughs> what do you think was at the point where um, where Cusco gets across the bridge, leaves John Goodman hanging, yep. possibly <laughs> going to die, and she's like, sweet, I'm going back to the city. My troubles are behind me. <laughs> yeah. What's it, what's his plan at that point? He's just going to turn up to the city gates as, as a, a llama. llama and say and say I'm the emperor who you think is dead. Well, from memory, he will get speared. <laughs> that is before he knows it was Isma, doesn't isn't it? So I think his plan is to go find Isma because he knows that she does magic. So his plan is to go and, and get her to fix him. Yeah, because it's then after the restaurant scene that they kind of make a break for it, isn't it? Yes, and it's after the restaurant scene that they know that, yeah, yeah. His plan is still to turn up to the city as a llama, though. Yeah. Oh, Let's- yeah, yeah. Yeah, his plan is to be a llama. <laughs> it's not a great plan, is it? <laughs> it's it's not too long after that that the kind of the, you know, if I was going to pick nits at the film, I think it's, it's greatest storytelling fault for me is probably- after the big gloom of the film, we get back to where the film starts, where he's a llama sitting in the rain, yeah. no friends, yada, yada, yada. And then with zero growth required, like, he just bumps into Parcher again and Parcher's like, yeah, okay, it's fine, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really? Was that the lesson? Just hope that a village is nice to you? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's really the thing of it, isn't it? Just that Pacho's a nice dude. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> There's another joke in there that I, I don't know if this is the filmmakers putting in a joke for adults or whether we were just filthy young men when we saw it <laughs> and, and and took it. We were like, well, that can only be about one thing. When Kuzco gets punched by the the old dude that he's forgiven, the guy yeah. that threw off his groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the old dude like punches him in the arm and Kuzco's like, hey, watch it. I've got to use that later. <laughs> That's just you, mate. Okay. That is 
is not a masturbation joke. Okay. Like, we know he's single. I can't believe you thought Kuzco was just talking about going to have a cheeky larrup. We all thought that. <laughs> Nobody thought that. My, that was one of the points where my entire group of friends would just kill ourselves laughing because we thought definite <laughs> masturbation joke. I mean, now that you've said it, what is he using his arm for later? He mostly just sits in his throne and other people do stuff for him. So he's not cooking. I Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You've turned me around. You've turned me around. Definitely. <laughs> I do wonder how much of the film might have just been improvised. Like, with, with with this talent, these are some very, very funny people. And Spade and Warburton, to me, it feels like they must have just been let loose. Because that seems like it's very difficult to do in just in this format, because you're in a voice recorder by yourself. You don't have someone to bounce off. But, I mean, think of, for a lot of the movie, as you say, it's a very small cast- Kronk mm. has some dialogue with Yzma, but a lot of time he's talking to himself. You know, like you think about <laughs> yep. the scene where he's doing his own theme music and stuff. Oh, um, my God. And same same with Spade. A, a lot of his dialogue is to himself in this film. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's not like it would shock if things like, you know, lines going down the waterfall, just yelling out, booyah. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, I don't know if that's in the script or if Spade was just like, this is what Cusco would do. <laughs> I, I genuinely think that. In fact, I'm absolute. I'm I'm certain of it. Well, okay. I'm gonna. I'm 97 percent sure that this film is the start of my friends and I saying of of us using Booyah. Yeah, it's this movie. I mean, timing that would make sense. Certainly, no one was saying Booyah By before 2000. <laughs> Ask me what the worst bit of the film is. What do you reckon the worst bit? It's of the, the kids. <laughs> so we're not even dealing with child actors and you still can't stand children in a film look that they're, they're not absolutely terrible they're not but they are the worst thing about the film <laughs> i don't care about your wobbly tooth get out of here <laughs> well I'm, okay now i'm trying to think i guess most disney films no, no, that's not true at all. Mo- most Disney films have no children in them. Little Mermaid, no kids. Beauty and the Beast. I mean, I, she's I, kind I, of a kid. I guess she got a teacup. Well, I mean, she's a kid that's old enough to apparently do it with a prince. So That's true. So, did you know that uh, in the original cut of this film, Cusco's name is Manco? And when when they did a rehaul on it, they changed that because they discovered that uh, Manko is Japanese for <laughs> Oh. Yes. Oh. So, they were like, well, best be changing that. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I was actually just going to bring up a moment from this film that terrified me beyond all reason. Bats in the mouth. Not a oh. good thing. Not I a good thing. I didn't notice that until I reckon like- I don't know. It might have been like the fifth time I watched this film that I was like, oh, hang on. And that just happened. Is what's happening that the bats fly into his mouth with such force that they fly him back up the cliff? I don't think it's wise to try and figure out the physics of exactly (laughs) how they get up the cliff at that point. Uh, It doesn't really track. But it's bats in the mouth. 
It's but bats in the mouth. That it's literally terrible. bats in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how this pandemic started. Yeah, very present for 2021. Shall we talk Sting? Worst part of the film is not the kids, actually, upon reflection. It's it's when this upbeat, lively, joyous film ends and this miserable fucking Sting song begins. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't believe you and I have ever discussed Sting. Are you a Sting fan, my friend? I'm 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 neutral. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly I would say I like the police more than I like Sting, if I can say such Absolutely. a thing. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Not really interested in Sting with a liar. Yeah, I'm not an Elton John fan either, and I'm also not a great Phil Collins fan. So, Disney already did me wrong with The Lion King and Tarzan. Uh, like, if you're going to go Collins, do the right thing and get Peter Gabriel. Don't get his fucking knockoff. <laughs> um, you don't like Elton John? Not a huge fan. I mean, he's got a couple right. of good ones. Like, everyone loves Tiny Dancer. But, I mean, really, I'm not going to rush out and buy the best of Elton John. A lot of bangers there. Yeah, just not for <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, not, not a Sting fan, though. This would have been such a miserable film helmed by Sting. Oh, Jesus. That final- Like, I, I don't know if I could think of, of a song that just- It's like it goes to change gear from the end of the film into the credits and the accompanying song, and it's just like- Someone learning to drive who just misses the gear and you just get that of the gearbox. Yeah. Yeah. It's just horrible. Like, just what happens? I was here having the time of my life. <laughs> yeah. And now Sting's here doing I don't know what, but apparently it results in an Oscar nomination. Yeah. What's happening? And he made them change the ending to the film. Um, you know how at the end, Cusco builds his little shack on the hill? Yeah, yeah. Boom, baby. Yeah, yeah. So, he, he actually- uh, had built Cusco-topia. Sting sent the production company a letter saying, I'm I'm quitting if you do this. He's not destroying a rainforest at the end of the film to, to build this thing. That goes against everything I stand for. <laughs> they should have just let him quit. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that's not a- it's a, it's a pretty bare hill, isn't it? Doesn't he just kind of plonk it on- There's no trees there. Maybe that's part of what they changed. I mean, I'm pro, I'm pro I'm pro rainforest. Well, I mean, aren't we all? No, no. There's plenty of people who'd rather grow coffee. Well, yeah, that's true. I don't even drink coffee. I, I mean, I do like a coffee-based stout though. And just last night, I used a really nice coffee rub on a brisket, which was fucking delightful. I might say. <laughs> but you wouldn't say that your brisket is 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 the value of of a rainforest and it's a really good the brisket. Of a lot of animals and. Oxygen, you know, we need that. We, I mean, we do. It was a really good brisket, though, mate. It was very moist, very juicy. Yeah, but without the oxygen- Cooked it for 11 the hours. The cows can't live for you to kill. Oh, that's true. Um, do you know about the documentary, though? One of the agreements that Sting made when he signed on to do the film was that his wife, who was a documentarian, be allowed to document the process. So of him writing his worst song. No, of of the film, of the production oh, okay. of the film. Um yep. so of course the majority of that is about so it ended up being this film about, you know, corporate meddling and changing this project from what it was to what it oh, is. Oh, I've heard. 
It's yeah, called, it's called the Sweatbox, and it's apparently amazing. It's screened at some festivals, yes. and I think there are places you can find copies, but Disney own the rights, and they don't want it released. So, it's very, very hard to find. Apparently, it is brilliant. Yes, yes. If if we like can- Like you said, Disney do not want this thing to see oh, the light of day. We need to find a copy of it, though. I, I will yeah, search till so my dying day. <laughs> yeah, so keen. Can I play a little game of best line? Yeah, you? okay, okay. There's lots of lines. There's so many. I've, I've got a short list here, but happy if your favourite is not here. Wouldn't shock because there's a lot. Okay, why do we even have that lever? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fucking a, hell. That is a great line. <laughs> so good. Um, shoulder Angel talking about Shoulder Demon. No, no, he's got a point. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that actually is what- That is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, two in quick succession that are just I f- Jesus Christ I don't know how many times I've said both these lines um, Llama face yes and uh, demon llama demon yeah, yeah. <laughs> demon llama I mean my favourite is when he slaps himself bad llama <laughs> <laughs> the cry of booyah as I said yes that's been huge for me <laughs> over the years um there's one that I say all the time, assuming everyone will get, because I assume everyone's obsessed with this film. Turns out they're not, and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Whenever anyone's kind of- Whenever, like, anyone's looking around or something, I invariably say, I don't know, somebody's throwing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and just, like, just crickets. <laughs> Those things are the worst, aren't they? It's just like I'm a, I'm a little bit slimmer now, but back when I was a very heavy gentleman, I used to love putting on people's jackets and singing fat guy in a little coat. And of course, Tommy Boy is not everyone's cup of tea. A lot of people haven't seen it, shockingly. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, I mean, I could largely just communicate with Emperor's New Groove gifts. Oh, you do quite regularly. <laughs> I do a lot. You know this. Uh, yeah. you, you have a, You seem to have a staple. I mean, I've been meaning to ask you this. Are there some that you just have saved? Yes. Yes. I get that from you so often. I'm like, he must have that saved in a pretty close folder. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, in a contest of best line, I mean, they're all the winner. This is arguably the greatest script in history. Well, here's what I was going to ask. I'm assuming that for you, this sits as easily your number one Disney film. It is. Like, you're you're not really a Disney guy. What else is what else is on the apex for you? What else is on the Mount Rushmore of Disney films? I mean, growing up, Aladdin and Lion King were pretty- Like, of course, they were huge for me. They were absolutely- Like, you know, I was, I was a kid. Of course, I fucking loved those films. Yeah. See, I'm not as big on those. Like the the kind of not not to sound, you know, like a like a nonconformist, you know, I'm not Holden Caulfield here. But um Yeah, most of the big ones don't do it for me. For me, apart from this, did you ever see a goofy movie? No. Dude, a goofy movie rocks, man. You should check it out. It's a it's a buddy comedy very similar to this. Um Yeah, Goofy Movie rocks. <laughs> Uh, Hercules, big Hercules fan. I have not seen Hercules. Mate, you got to get on it. Hercules is good because stuff. Because like, like The Emperor's New Groove, it was just like I was past watching Disney films. Well, that's true. Hercules and would have been the one right before this. Yeah, and it was just sheer fluke that this one fell into my life. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs>
So, I mean, we've certainly sung this film's praises. I'm very, very curious to see where you're going here, because you can be picky on scores. But the way you've spoken, I'm expecting like an eight. How are you scoring this? It's better than an eight. (laughs) Empress New Groove, nine out of ten. It is... Wow, fuck, it's fucking brilliant. I'm going to have to look through the history. I think that this might, you might have, you would have, we're like 180 episodes in or something. You you would be less than 10 nines given on this show. Yeah, it's been like, what, Alien, um, LA Confidential, Emperor's New Groove is that good. So this would be like in your top 5% of movies we've done on the show. Absolutely it would. (laughs) Wow. Um, I'm a seven on this. I love this movie. Love it. But- Not enough. <laughs> well, certainly <laughs> certainly not that much. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. What are we getting to next week, mate? Well, this was meant to be a musical and wasn't. So, in that spirit, should we get to a musical? Yeah, I guess we can do that. We can, we can get our culture on. We can go pretend that- Pretend that we were into Lin Manuel Miranda before he was huge. <laughs> um, yeah, in the Heights. I'm I'm curious about this. I have I have a strange relationship with Lin Manuel. I, as you know, love Hamilton. I could sing the entire thing from start to end right now. I know every single word. But I haven't liked a lot of other stuff he's done. You know what I rewatched the other day, and and you're going to be a little bit like, what in the fuck? Oklahoma? I, ju- I just had this urge to watch Oklahoma. Um, I did actually see that pop up on Letterboxd. So I was yeah. like, that's an interesting move. It's one of the few musicals that I actually enjoy. There's not many, but there's a few. And Oklahoma- See, here's, here's my thing. I, I feel like every time you watch a musical, you say, I'm not normally into musicals, but this one's really good. <laughs> And, like, that's what you say about every musical. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I reckon- Is it a, is it a bit true? No. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Off the top of my head, I, I reckon there's, like, five that I really, truly enjoy. Um, and, yeah, Oklahoma is one of those ones for me that, that works much better as a film. So- yeah, curious to see in the heights. I've I've never heard a single song from it before. So, uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchedthing.com or wewatchedthing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedthing. If you want to help support the show, you can pick something for us to watch. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedthing, and we'll catch you next week. I don't know. Some Australian stuff. <laughs> 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 <laughs>